Welcome to the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Corey, and this is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. This is solely for entertainment purposes, as I talk about my experiences of investing in AMC stock and becoming an AMC ape. Episode 19, You Are Here. You know, when you go into the mall, a lot of times you know where you're going, and you go automatically there. Other times you just, you know, you'll figure, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll find it eventually. How hard could it be to find it? And then every so once in a while, you know, you'll either be at the mall or some other place where you got to look at the map and you look for that little, that little red dot. You are here and it centers you says, here's where you're at on this great big planet on this endless timeline. You are here. You're standing right here in front of the sign, and this little dot represents you. And I think about that at this moment. And, you know, it's not an easy place. You know, the stock went down, and um, you lose that high that you're on. And even that was just the promise of a bigger high. You know, $38 is not the destination. It's just kind of a, a sign on the on the road that you're in the right direction. But now, as I record this on August twentieth, um, in pre market, it uh, the stock's at thirty three dollars and sixty cents. I don't know what it's going to do today. This isn't a technical show. I don't have any charts, and uh, I know very little about investing. I just thought I was buying my ticket to a rocket ship going on going off based off um, GameStop in January. And I'm still buying seats. As, as hard as it is, as disheartening as it's been having this drag out, you know, I still bought a couple of shares yesterday when it went back down to 33. I think about that bin of Jawa action figures that I saw when I was a kid. Probably in 1979. Whole big bin filled with Jawas. 25 cents each. And just a mat. I just wish I could go back in time and just grab arms full of those Jawas for 25 cents. And just put them away. Put them in a box and put them away. And 20, 30 years later, you know, sell them hundreds, thousands of dollars. I don't know what a mint original Jawa goes for these days. But um, you can't go back in time and do that. So I say, you know, 33 bucks and change. All right, I'll grab a couple and hope for the best. Um, but it, it is a tough time for me. On the, on the bright side, it is my wife's birthday today. So happy birthday to my wife. Um, hopefully we'll have a nice weekend. We were hoping that the, the squeeze would happen before her birthday, but it didn't. Um, but it's a hard time. I mentioned before on the podcast that I'd had an, I'd, an invention and I'd submitted it to the SureTape company that they, they did the duck brand, um, duct tape and they liked my idea. And for over a year, you know, I kept checking in with them and I said, yeah, yeah, we're still looking at it. We're doing our research. We're, you know, we're doing a whole home, home organization. 
revamp or you know whatever but it was just it wasn't just my product thing it was a whole big thing that they were looking at but they were bottom line is they were still interested and that was my ace in the hole all my other ideas all my other plans all my stuff is all you know to be harsh failed but especially my relationship with my wife I could always say well I always had this you know they're still looking at it you know the director of product development has it on its wall He's using my invention right now. And I always had that. And every three months, I would check in with them. I didn't want to pester them, but there wasn't much I could do. But they were looking at it, and the, he told me, the director that I was working with, they're a big company, it takes time. And I told him I believed in their company. I thought their company would be a good fit for it. So I just held in there, and I didn't do anything else with it because I didn't want anything to jeopardize that relationship. I didn't know it would go on for over a year, so I never did anything. I didn't submit it to anybody else. I didn't do anything with it on my own. I did occasionally develop ideas, other ideas for it, and I would just send that along. I, you know, if I had pictures or videos, I would send that to them, but not to anybody outside of them. And then finally, um, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I communicated with them to get an update, and the director you know, basically said, listen, you know, I like your product, but it's going to be realistically two years before, if we did go forward with it, two years before your product would end up being sold. And he, he basically was saying, you know, take it somewhere else, find, pursue it now. Um, he wasn't shutting the door completely, but basically saying, this isn't going to happen anytime soon. So, and I don't want to lock you up or keep you from taking it somewhere else and it's harsh because just like the mother of all short squeezes it keeps you going that promise and at least with them it's not there so I said well what do I do at that point you know do I submit it to other companies go into the same waiting game because in the year that I had sent it to them, you know, I had formed my own ideas about it. And I think one of the things that, you know, kind of bothered me a little bit was like, well, if they did take it, hopefully they'd give me a ro nice royalty and I'd just sit back and collect my money. And they'd do all the work. they get to do all the development and all the products and all that. And I was going to miss out on that. It's kind of like as a writer, you know, you write a script and maybe a studio really likes the idea behind it. And they, they buy your script. You know, for who knows, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, you get your money, but they immediately hire other writers to rewrite it, to change it. So by the time you know your movie actually comes out, very little except maybe the basic idea is still there. If you're lucky, maybe a couple scenes or some lines. Uh, but you got paid, right? But as a writer, you you kind of wish you had more involvement in the product. Now, when you're a beginning writer, that's just the way it is. Unless you, you know, have a track record and they're paying for you. Most of the time they're just paying for your idea and they'll do what they want with it. So I wasn't real interested in submitting it to other companies right away. I wanted to have some fun with it on my own. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to set up a Kickstarter for it. And I've done a few of these in the past. And quite honestly, they're, they're kind of like pet rock ideas. None of them were really that great um they're more novelty ideas that i was hoping you know might take off and they they didn't really i saw some of them were successful if they were very low budget 
I did a lot of work with cards, you know, with um, different types of little business cards or novelty cards because printing business cards was cheap and easy to mail. So if you had an innovative idea, an inventive idea, you know, you, you could, it didn't cost you a lot of money to actually make the product, you know, for what you'd pay to make the test product. If that test product was okay, then you would have your inventory and you could sell your, your product for a pretty cheap price on Kickstarter. And you, you know, I got a few backers on some of them, but not much, not much. Was it worth the effort? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I learned how to launch a Kickstarter and to do videos and to do that, but they just weren't real successful. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll do some podcasts about the different cards that I make. And if you want some, I can mail some to you. Anyway, um, so now I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you about the product. Now that the Kickstarter is actually up, I'll tell you about it and you can go look at it. Look, whether you want to buy it or not or support it or not, that's I'm not going to sell you anything. You know, we're apes. You're an ape. I'm just talking. I'm just telling you about my life and what I'm going through. I'd love it if you went and looked at it and supported it. That'd be awesome. But, you know, this isn't like, hey, you know, let me hook you in with AMC, but then they'll let me try to sell you this. You know, come on, you're apes. You're not dumb. We maybe have smooth brains, but you're not dumb. But I want to at least tell you about it. If you want to go look at it, you can go look at it. So the product, the name I came up with it is um, the Velf Every Room. Originally, I just called it the Velf, um, which was short for Velcro Shelf. And it's basically um, a vertical shelf that goes flat on your wall. And you use Velcro to organize items on it, whether it's like key fobs or, um, you know, you can make a dog walking station. You can, you can put attachments on it. You can put like hooks and bins and all these different things. And it really helps organize your home and the versatility of putting these applications on it is, you know, really one of the bigger innovations because there's already thousands of products that exist that can go on this thing, especially like the 3M Command brand, whether um, like I've done the broom gripper and uh, the hooks that they have, and um, they have a um, spray bottle, you know, holder that all those things, instead of using the 3M Command, you know, adhesive strip, you just put Velcro on the device um, and then you can put that 3m command device on any velf you want after that or any real velcro surface to be honest with you but the velcro velf the our velf has you know a, a decent amount of hold on it so it'll hold something on the wall so that's that's the velf every room and i call it the velf every room um, because i think it makes every room better and i think every room should have a velf and you know i say that knowing that this is probably going to fail like everything else. But I believe in it. I think it's a great idea, but it's hard to launch ideas and get traction. You know, there's a, there's a joke uh, about the movie industry. If you want to make a small fortune in the movie industry, start with a large fortune. And I think it's that way. If you want to make, you know, a million dollars inventing a product, you know, start with $5 million. <laughs> Invest $5 million if you want to make a million dollars, right? that it's very easy when you're developing these things to spend a lot of money. And then you go down that, you know, that rabbit hole. It's kind of like AMC stock, right? You know, you start buying it and you start buying it and you got to hold it. And if the squeeze doesn't happen, you know, you can't, you don't want to just sell it at a loss. You don't want to sell it for a, who, who wants to just double their money or triple their money? You know, we want the mother, you know, you sort of get caught. And for me, like I keep investing. I'm like, uh, what's one, one or two more shares? We've invested this much so far. 
and pretty soon it adds up to real money. So fortunately, this idea is pretty simple, um, and I was able to de develop it at you know, relatively low cost, considering some of these people that spend tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands, if not millions, developing a product, um, trying to get it to the marketplace. So it, it, de development wasn't that hard. Um, everything that I use for it is off the shelf, so we haven't had to get anything custom made or have it made in a factory. It's just off the shelf Velcro. We have a, the trick is we have a cover plate that we put the Velcro on um, that makes it blend into your wall. It looks like it belongs on your wall, and that's the big thing. The product really is Velcro. Um, it's just the delivery system that we, how we package it and how we present it to you is, you know, hopefully you wouldn't mind having a Velcro on your wall as opposed to just throwing some Velcro on the wall and sticking stuff on it. And you're, you know, maybe in a utility closet or the garage that might look okay. In your living room, it would look terrible. It would look like crap. Even these 3M command products, you know, they're cheap plastic. And, you know, you put that on your wall, it looks like you just put cheap plastic on your wall. Whereas the Velf you know, provides that cover plate um, aesthetic and it, it just looks like it blends in. So now when you put that white 3M command product on your wall, it's going on the VELF and it kind of blends in. So hopefully that's the, you know, angle that could make the product successful, make it different. You know, why would I buy this? And it, just because it, it offers you a lot of, you know, versatility in helping organize your home. So if you go to Kickstarter, you can look for the VELF Every Room. I'll try and put a, a link to that um, in the information for this podcast. So anyway, it's a lot of work putting a Kickstarter together and then also doing videos. So part of my thing is, you know, Kickstarter is not eBay. It's not Amazon. People don't normally go to Kickstarter to buy products. I think some people are into, the, you know, into it a little bit or they're doing their own Kickstarter. Um, but it's better if you have your own... Um, audience built in that you direct to Kickstarter. And I don't really have that. You know, I have some people that listen to this podcast, some people that listen to my, uh, you know, Stories for Kids podcast, and just, you know, I have my Facebook crowd, but that's really just kind of friends and family, and I don't really want to, you know, I it's hard to go begging, you know, every once in a while you'll see someone on Facebook like, hey, I have this, I have this, you know. And I, uh, I don't want to be that guy. And quite frankly, if your product's going to be successful, um, it's, you need more than just your, you know, your high school friends and college friends and your you know, aunts and uncles to support it. That if it's going to have traction and become a product, you have to just put it out there and people should be able to react to it. So um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have that following. And I had, I had two ideas as I approached this. One approach would be to reach out to influencers, to build your group, do everything you can to get enough people to sign up for your Kickstarter before you launch and develop that audience. And then when you launch, you've got a, a network of about a thousand people um, that might be interested in your product. And that would help the Kickstarter campaign. That's the smart approach. Um, the other approach was just launch it because... I was going to create these little YouTube videos showing you, you know, what you could do with the VELF, um, how you can adapt different products and different life hacks you can use the VELF for. And then after they watched that video, I wanted them to just be able to buy the product. I didn't want them to have to wait or to sign up 
because who knows in a you know month from now, two months from now, they would get an email saying, "Hey, hey, remember that Velf video you watched? Uh, you can buy that now." And whether they would be interested in that or not, I don't know. I wanted it to be if they came across something and they liked it, they could follow through till they actually supported the Kickstarter campaign and they would actually get a Velf for supporting it. So I went with the latter because that's also my personality. I'm a go-go, do gotta do it now type of personality. And that's what I did. So of course, um, I launched it last night and nobody is, you know, nobody's backed it. One 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 person backed it uh, for a dollar, but they that group, um, they're Kickstarter supporters. They you know they have service marketing services. And they, they back every project for a dollar because, one, obviously they want people to use the services, but they also don't want any project to be at zero dollars. They want to have at least one dollar backing that project. So I've got my one dollar in backing. Yay. Um, but the I think the other thing why I ended up launching it was that, you know, it's a lot of stress putting all this stuff together, putting the Kickstarter together, creating these videos and, you know, with a family, and I work, and my wife works, and it was just getting to be too much. Um, and I think before I actually launch, before reality sets in, you know, before the stock goes back down to, you know, $33 a share, right? Um, you, ha you, you play the fantasy game. Oh, what if it goes to 10000 or 100000 What can I do with that money, you know? And with me, it with these Kickstarters, it's like, oh, well, if it's successful, or, you know, you dream of yourself going on Shark Tank or something. Um, but then when you actually launch and nobody backs your product, the reality sets in that this isn't going to be a million dollar thing and you can get back to your normal life. And I think, unfortunately, yesterday, I just with everything going on with my kids, my wife and work and I you know it was time AMC even going back in the 30s that did not help um, I was just like screw it just take the thing live see that nobody's really interested in your product or certainly not in Kickstarter um, and get on with your life because launching a product is hard even if you have a good product it's thousands if not millions of dollars which I don't have to do that I was hoping to get lucky or you think you know, someone will see it and they'll like it and it'll go viral or something. And it's not there yet. And I'm not there. And I probably had Go Fever and launched it too soon, which I did. Um, but if you want to go and see it, uh, it's Velf Every Room. It's on Kickstarter. If you go to YouTube, you can find it there. And even on Facebook, you can find Velf Every Room on Facebook as well. Take a look. Um, if you want to support it, great. If you don't, fine. If you want to leave a comment, um, you know, you, we actually have a Velf every room at yahoo.com email. So V E L F every room at yahoo.com. If you see it and you just want to, you know, tell me your thoughts on it, you know, you're welcome to, to do that as well. You can also leave comments on the YouTube, um, videos we've, we've made for it. Um, but it's hard. And I think the hard thing for me was, this this was my ace in the hole that for all the things that didn't work out I had sure tape looking at this that the 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 product development director had a velf on his wall that he was using as he worked from home during the pandemic and I just you know you kept believing you wanted to believe you wanted to believe and it's kind of like 
you know, AMC stock that, oh, the squeeze is going to happen. The squeeze is going to happen, you know, and when it does, it's going to be awesome. And you keep thinking they're going to come out with your product. You're going to get a nice royalty on it. And every three months, you'll get a big fat check and you'll be living the life of Riley. And instead, I'm, you know, back to Ralph Cramden <laughs> and it's, you know, the other idea that didn't work out. What's Now, what's awesome now is you get all these emails from, you know, uh, Kickstarter um, people that, uh, you know, offering their marketing services and your idea. They always tell you, your idea is great. We think your, your, your product is awesome. It's be a great fit for us and blah, 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 blah. And you never know. Maybe some of these people can actually help you, but mostly I'm sure they're just, I, look, scammers might be too hard a word, but that's their business. Their business isn't to help your product be successful. Their business is to get money from dreamers. Kind of like when I was a screenwriter, there were a lot of there was a cottage industry to help service screenwriters. Kind of like during the gold rush, the people that made the money weren't the, the miners. The people that made the money were the people selling the pickaxes and all the mining supply um, equipment to the miners. They're the people that made out like bandits because that was a guaranteed um, sale. Whereas the people that were going out and looking for the gold, that wasn't guaranteed. So here you are, you know, you have your product and you're looking for the gold, but you have a cottage industry of people that know you're looking for it. And, you know, if you've got the money, they certainly would like to have some of it for their services. So you never know which, which of these things is legit or not, but you get these emails and it, some of them are tempting, obviously, and you might look up their website or search like, hey, is this a scam? Are they any good? And um, most of the answer is probably no. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but the VELF was always there for me as this backup that something might work out. And I don't know. Is it gone? Is it is it legit? I don't know. You know, I could probably just take another step back and I have enough supplies to, you know, make some samples for people and see, give it out to people and see if they actually, you know, really kind of like it. I, like I said, I, once the other company, once SureTape was interested, I just put everything on hold. I stopped making them. I was just waiting for them because I figured it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't need people to try it, that they would take care of all of that. Um, and now I'm back at square one. So, uh, check it out on Kickstarter if you want. Velf Every Room, AMC. Let's see where AMC is at right now. Um, as we go into Friday. And AMC is... Oh, $33.90. Not bad. It went down. It was up. Uh, let's see, what was it? It's heading down right now. It got to 33.98. Who knows? It'd be nice to end this Friday on a run, but like I said, uh, you know, I'm not a technical guy, and I, or I just went live. I guess that's it. The the market just opened. Maybe it's going down because the market just opened. Um, well, we'll see where this goes. So, well, good luck to like you, my eight friends. Says, you know, you Hopefully, are here. we'll survive this Friday. And here's where and, I'm at. Um, I got this AMC stock. We'll our uh, mother look, of I'm all not trying short to spend squeezes, fun, but you know, may or may not be the next episode. Who knows what these hedge funds are going to do? Stock story, um, and who knows if it does happen when it's going to happen? I certainly can't go out um, and you know start buying stuff right now. So where I'm at is, you know, that's kind of tied up in limbo, waiting for the squeeze. 
I don't, hopefully won't have to sell anything. Um, and then as far as, you know, my other big hope was the Velf. And who knows, you know, I put it out into the public on Kickstarter. And, you know, right off the bat, it's not getting off to a great start. The videos I've made haven't really gotten any views yet. And I haven't really gotten any backers yet. So, you know, depending on, you know, what I can do with that, it doesn't look like maybe anything's really going to happen with the Velf. And you just kind of take stock of your life. And you say, all right, you're here. Go forward. Where are you at? What you got? And you keep moving. You are here. I'm here. You're here. And let's go forward. And let's hope for that mother of all short squeezes. And who knows? Maybe that will be the next episode of the AMC Stock Story.